Hey, so super excited to share with you today. I'm Pastor Chris, and we've had a great summer going through some different stuff. If you're online, love for you to give us a shout out. Say, tell us something about what, what, what are you having for breakfast while you're watching right now, or, or brunch, or, or whatever you're doing in your pajamas while you watch us. Uh, so, so love to let us know that, uh, engage talk to us, tell us ways that you'd like to respond just to the, the message. The great thing is, is that unlike in the room, it'd be rude if you interrupt me, but, but online, they can just make comments and do stuff, which is kind of kind of fun, actually. So so I encourage you guys to do that, and thank you so much for joining us, whether you're here or online. So the, this summer, we've had a good time going through some, some books in the Bible. We started off with Jude, and we walked through that, and then we walked through Jonah, and, and we spent some time doing that. This, this week, we are starting another three-week series. It's a little different, though. This would be more, uh, more in the lines of a topical-esque thing, and it also is more in line of almost like a, a family meeting, a, a family little get-together, or, or something you might have in a setting like this, that, that you would sit down and, and have the conversation. So, so that's what we're going to be talking about. See, Livestream, in the last couple of years, we recognized that we really needed to figure out a way to, to help people take what we call next steps. And that's a term that, that just kind of in church world, it's kind of a thing that we use is this idea of next steps, that, that how do we help people do that along their faith journey? And we spent about a year coming up with what are our specific next steps. Now, let me, let me preface this. We're going to talk about two important concepts. We're not talking about the theology behind them. This is a practical tool. Uh, our next steps are not our, our foundational theology things or any of that stuff. Those are, those are important stuff that we have online and we can have conversations in this setting with you about. But this is just kind of a practical way for us to help people take this. And for you, more importantly, for you, not, not the pastor types up here, but for you to have these conversations with people as well, whether you're here, whether you're online, wherever they might be, that, that we want you to help each other take these kinds of next steps in your faith journey. So here, here's an illustration. So let me give you an example of how next steps are helpful. Uh, think about in your life a hobby or something fun that you like to do, uh, whether it's golfing or a job or a career or, a, or whatever, that you can go online and find like people that give you all sorts of input on how to do it, like step-by-step -step things on everything online. Well, I like to camp, <clears throat> and I also like to fix things up and restore them. So uh, back in June, my wife and I were on our, our 25th wedding anniversary, and we were up in the UP, and we came across this. Isn't she pretty? <laughs> Isn't it beautiful? So we, my wife, because she had a moment of lapse of sanity, let me get that <laughs> and buy that. And, and my, my hope is to restore it. I've done this before with one and fix it up and make it new. And, and I just, I enjoy that a lot and I can't wait. I'm excited about it. And online, wouldn't you know, there are dozens, hundreds of people that have done this and they give you the next steps of how to restore or renovate a Airstream camper. That's what that is. And, and you can walk through. So I don't, know how, I don't have a clue what to do with the frame. That's one thing I'm not sure about. Like rust, there's rust on it. I got to get it off. I got to do stuff and take it apart and whatever. So they walk you through. Now what's interesting is there's, they all have the end goal of restoring or renovating it, but they have different ways of getting there. Same thing with the next steps of churches. That, that, that 
lots of different churches will have some different next steps. We've decided these are the ones that help us in our situation. Not because of some big theological thing, but because these are the way we're wired and what we want to do. So, so our next steps that we've been, we've been kind of working on are just a tool that we want, ideally, to have a conversation in a setting like this with you about these next steps. And, and let me just run through what those next steps are first. We're going to talk about believe and baptism today. That's, that's our first set. And then, and then next week, we're going to cover Bible and belong. That, that, that we have to walk into how the Bible is a story that we're part of and, and, and dig into the Word, that the Bible has to influence us, that we have to learn, that we have to do that. And we have to belong to community and to the church and belong to the story of God. So those two things we're going to hit on next week. Then the final week, we're going to talk about steward and share. Now, steward is that you are given gifts and resources and time and talents and all sorts of things and, and money that, that you get to steward on God's behalf. And we're going to talk about that. And we're going to talk about the most important, like share, that, that you get to share your faith with others. And we get to help you do that and equip you to do that. And, and our hope is, again, that, that it's going to be conversations that take place on a couches, in, in coffee shops, in in restaurants and in backyards over fences, across cubicles, on phone lines, in, 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 on, on social media, wherever, that we hope that these steps, these next steps, will help you put some framework and some, uh, some understanding to how you and we can help each other and others take next steps in faith. That is our hope and, and our prayer for this whole series that we're going to be on as we're going to be walking through it. Would you pray with me? Father God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks for, for being who you are. And, and as we just sang about that, these names of God, that you do what you do and, and you don't need us, but you invite us to be a part of your story, that, that you loved us so much. And Lord, as we, as we talk about today, believe in baptism, Lord, I pray. Oh, I pray, Lord, that you move our hearts no matter where we are, that you break our hearts for others, that you, that you move our hearts towards you, that you, you allow us to take steps towards believing in you more fully so that you may transform us into the persons you created us to be, that, that, that some may be encouraged and drawn to take a step that would cross that line of faith and maybe believe you for the first time. And some would be challenged to take the step of baptism. And Lord, we give you thanks in your name. Amen. Amen. All right. So, uh, let's, let's dive into our first next steps, believe. We're going to talk about this one for a little while, quite a while, and then we're going to hit a little bit on the baptism one there at the end. That what do you believe is the question. Now, there are some words that we need to kind of be better about defining. Uh, I, I kind of like, I, I really get into the word nerdiness things of things, and believe is one of those. See, because believe can mean lots of different things to different people. If you ask, what does it mean to believe? And one thing I want us to avoid is saying believe in. Like, sometimes you'll say to someone, what do you believe in? And that's not the best thing, because see, here's the deal. I can believe in Bigfoot and aliens, and it does nothing to my life. It doesn't change anything. It's, that's not, so we want to go a little deeper than what that means, that we want to talk more about a belief that will permeate your head, your heart, and your life. That when you encounter the kind of belief that we mean, you're encountering a truth that is transformational in everything that you are and every way you see the world around you. That is the kind of depth that we're talking about, the belief that we're meaning 
we're, talking, we're not talking about. Here's some things we're not talking about. These may be good things, but it's not what we're talking about. We don't mean, did you grow up in the church? Did, did, have you always been around this? We, we don't mean, do you attend regularly? We don't mean, uh, did you say a prayer once when you were younger or recently? That, 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 those are good things. Those aren't bad things at all. They may be part of it, but that is not really what we're talking about. We're talking about a little bigger picture. It's incomplete. So, <clears throat> If you, if you know me at all, or, or if you were involved in my student ministry at all, there's, there's a verse that I use a lot. In fact, it's one of those verses that's my favorite verse, and I go to it, and, and students would start to roll their eyes like, oh, he's using that one again. He needs new material. <laughs> but it is my favorite verse in Scripture, and it fits so well with this that, that, uh, that we have to go to it. I, I have to go to it, and it's John 1.12, and I just love this verse because what it does is it— it takes the essence of our faith and sums it up into this really short, concise thing. And I like things that are really short. I do. I like that. That's a joke. For you, not, for you online, by the way, I'm like, I'm like six foot, really. Trust me. Um, so I like short and concise. I'm simple. I'm a real simple guy. If you know me at all, like you can predict me. I like the fact that this verse, you could take just this verse. And if you only had this verse and none of other scripture— you could come to life in Christ. And it's just such a beautiful thing. Here's what it is. It says, Yet to all who did receive him, and to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. There's three things going on here. And I totally stole this from another guy that's smarter than me, a guy named Lee Strobel that wrote a book like a long time ago called The Case for Christ. If you want to take the believe steps, that's a great resource. Read that, and it'll really help you, uh, help you understand what it is to believe. But I, I totally stole this from him because what it does is this short little verse outlines three concepts. Believe, receive, become. Believe, receive, become. Now, you may be looking and saying that's out of order. You know, the, the verse headed in a little different order. It doesn't matter. Like, I used to think that it mattered actually the order. It actually doesn't. Because some people, they start trying to become who God made them to be before they've even received. Now, they, they're not going to be successful. That, that The Holy Spirit needs to help them do that. But, but people start working in endeavor. They start hanging out with church and they start doing these things. They start reading. They, they start to do that. Some people, uh, they, they believe, they believe the truth, but they haven't received it or become it. They just have it in their head and not anywhere else. So there's different ways that you can look at that. But you need, you need, get this, you need all three working together. That, that, that really to, to become a child of God, you, you, you have to have all three. So what is it that you have to do? believe? First, you believe the truth of God. And when I say truth, I mean truth that changes everything, just like I said earlier. We receive salvation through Jesus, that we, we have a moment where we recognize that we are in need of a Savior, that we cannot, cannot save ourselves, and that we are in desperate need of a Savior, and Jesus is the only one that can do that. And that we become a life transformed in the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit transforms us. Now, that doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit does all the work, too, by the way. You, you get to do some of the work. That there's this working together thing that we're going to talk about. That, that when you're transformed by the Holy Spirit, it's you working together with the Holy Spirit to transform you into the child of God you were created to be. The truth of God, salvation through Jesus, and a life transformed in the Holy Spirit. This is what it means to believe, receive, and become. I love that verse. There is so much about it. Now, those truths aren't just facts about, about our God. It's not just, uh, it's not just little things that, that we want. We want to really dive into What is those truths? Those truths are, are a truth that, that God is God and you're not. 
A truth that, that you can never fully wrap your head around the love that God has for you, but yet he has it. A truth that your life is a gift from the creator to you. A truth that you are a part of the story of God. And you receive salvation through Jesus. You receive it as a free gift of forgiveness for your sins and your faults and yourself that you can't earn and do anything to deserve. That you receive the Holy Spirit dwelling in you and you receive an eternity with Jesus and with God the Father that, that starts now. Not someday. Not, not, that eternity does not start when you die. It starts the moment you receive the Holy Spirit into your life, that you receive Jesus as your Savior. And you become transformed by that Holy Spirit. You become more like Jesus every day. You become, here's what you get to become. You get to become an ambassador to the King of Kings. Think of that. Think about your idea of ambassador. You get to be an ambassador to, of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That you get to become a light of, the light of Christ to a broken world. Those are the things that you get to become. You get to become a daughter and a son of the King, the Most High. The Apostle Paul talked about it this way in Romans. Romans 1, verse 16, he said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, that there's this boldness that comes when you encounter the truth of God, that you're not ashamed of this, that, that you can't help but proclaim it, you can't help but talk about it. And that's one of the reasons we have these next steps, because we want people to hear this and become a child of God and believe fully. Because it is the power of God that brings salvation. You get that? It's the power of God that brings salvation. What is that power? That power is Jesus. It's not something that you do or earn. To everyone who believes. And that's that next step we're talking about. To everyone who believes. And believes, again, is not just a prayer. It's this full, encompassing, you believe. Now, it doesn't mean you have to understand it all. It doesn't mean you have to get it all. It doesn't mean hell has to make sense. That there comes a point where you just simply accept it and you know that God is God. It goes on to say, For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. A righteousness, catch this, that is by faith from its first to last. Just as it was written. And catch this, I love this last thing. The righteous will live by faith. I love the way Paul puts that. That's what it means to believe. To believe. Now, um, when we think about faith, sometimes there's this uh, tendency this tendency for people when we think about believe and we think about these concepts, you've probably had this conversation where you've been talking to somebody about the church they go to or whatever, or you've been talking about one you go to. And if you're online, wherever you are, you've had this conversation more likely, and somebody will say, oh, you go such and such, or you're part of such and such. What do they believe in? And it's a question we, we, we ask, and I want us to, to pause for a minute and think about that. Here's what we miss and believe is not. That, that believe is not what are the list of things you believe in so that I can decide if I want to be a part of that? It is much, much bigger than this. Please don't miss this. Uh, this, this week, I was, <laughs> I was online, and, and I, the person's probably here or online, because I think it's somebody from church. They, they asked, uh, Sam's or Costco? That was the question they asked. They, they put this thing, which one do you want to be a part of? I have strong feelings on this. <laughs> I like Costco and don't like Sam's. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Costco, they treat their employees right. They got good warranties. They had great products. It's nice to walk through. Before COVID, they had great samples. Uh, but Costco, don't, don't do Sam's and, uh, and all that. Now, I had strong feelings of that because I had this list of things that I wanted to be a part of, and Costco has those. There's a list of things that I don't, agree, don't like about Sam's Club as much. And, and such. But at the end of the day, with that list, you still get eggs. It doesn't matter. You're still getting eggs. So it really isn't a big deal if you choose one or the other. With what we're talking about, it actually is a big deal. 
Because if you approach God and you approach believe with saying, if, if they believe these things, your, your hot buttons, your social justice thing, your, your ideas, your thoughts, your whatever, if you have this list that you come to to see if it aligns with your believe, then you'll accept it. Friends, you've done it wrong. That's not the way it works. You see, God is God. And when we believe in the truth that he is, our list doesn't matter, only his does. And that means that our list gets transformed into what, who he is and who his presence is and what matters to him, that, that our hearts are. Paul talks about this over and over, that we should be transformed by the Spirit. Here's another way of kind of thinking about it. To believe, to believe is not picking from a buffet of believe-ins. No, believe is running into the truth of God in a way that transforms you. Let me say that again. Believe is not picking from a buffet of believe-ins. Believe is running into the truth of God in a way that transforms you. And that truth is Jesus. He is the way, the truth, the life. Simon Peter, one of, the, one of the disciples, had a moment like this where he ran into this moment, this crossroads. It's, again, this powerful, powerful moment in, in, in the Bible where, see, Jesus is off doing miracles and he's healing people and he's teaching. And people are kind of like going, who is he? And they're trying to take Jesus and put him in the list that they had. Oh, well, he's a prophet. Uh, well, maybe he's Elijah. You know, Elijah didn't die. Maybe Elijah's back. Maybe, maybe that's what it is. Maybe he's this. Maybe he's actually Satan. Maybe he's the enemy and he's just fooling us. And they had all these lists that they tried to put Jesus in. And that's what happened. And Jesus is talking to his disciples about this. And then he asks, oh, please don't miss this. He asks the most important question in all of human history. I, and I really do believe that. Like, this is the most important question in all of human history. He looks at his disciples and he says, he says, who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? And when I say those words, I can't help but, but I get emotional because I just believe that our answer to that question, yours, mine, and these apostles, is the most important question we will ever answer. It is the only question that matters. And wouldn't you know it, Simon Peter goofy Simon Peter who jumps out of boats and does weird things and, and is all over the place and he nails it. <laughs> he nails it in this moment and says, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. That's what he says. He nails it. Now, what happens next? We, we sometimes stop there and sometimes I did too and, and, I, and I, I'm realizing, oh, I, did, I missed this. That what happens next is important for us. You see, because he answers that question, and then that question leads to Jesus saying, Simon Peter, you are the rock on which I will build my church. That's you. That's me. That's us. That we are the church, the rock. So what is that rock built on? It is built on the answer to that question, that we believe who Jesus is that we believe that he is the Messiah, the one that we need, the only way that we can find salvation, the only way that we can find forgiveness is to know that Jesus is who he claims to be. So who do you believe Jesus is? Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. Who do you believe Jesus is? The next question that I want you to just leave, and that's just what I'm just leaving with you. The next one is, what are the ramifications of your belief? 
What does that mean to your life? That, that if you believe that Jesus is the Messiah, guess what? There's things that come along with that then. Because that Peter, when he answered that, what did he become? He became the rock, the foundation on which the church was built. Changed his life and his eternity. That gospel, that, that, that belief in Jesus leads to transformation. That's what it leads to. Paul talks about this over and over again. Transformation, be transformed by the Spirit of God. Friends, I'm going to move on. I I want to just sit here, and I want to do more with this. But I have two messages that i got to get into one one morning. So (laughs) we're going to have to move on, and we're going to go talk about baptism, which connects strongly to this, that there's this idea of baptism that we're going to walk through. Again, I want to preface and remind you that we're not talking about the theological nuances of baptism. We're talking about the practical use of baptism as a next step in our context to help people take a step of faith. That's what we're talking about. There's other things that we can talk about over here, but, but we're going to talk about this. And guess what? I was, uh, I was out at Lake Huron this week, and I thought a good segue into this was for me to stand out in the lake and, and, and give you a little bit of talk about, about baptism. So check out the screen if you're in the room, and if you're online, it's going to pop up. When you drive down the road and you see a lake, you can't help but look at it. When you see a, a babbling brook, your, your, your eyes will go to it, and you just are drawn to it. Water is essential for life. You can only live for four days without water. And isn't it amazing that that God would use water as a symbol of his love and redemption for us? You need water to to cleanse yourself, to, to stay clean and healthy, but you also need water to survive inside. Just like you need the Holy Spirit to dwell within you, to experience eternal life, to experience God in the fullest. Water is an amazing symbol of God's love poured out for us. I tell you what, I thought that was a good idea until I stood in the water and my feet just warmed up. It was like days ago that I did that, but that water was cold. <laughs> and uh, so uh, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna first start off with a few just kind of churchy things. Just just some, some kind of logistics on what baptism is for our context at Lifestream. And, and then we're gonna, gonna talk more about what it means for you. Uh, uh, see, baptism is an odd one in, in there that when we talk about baptism first, I, and I always forget, I should say water baptism because there's really, we're gonna get to this, there's two types of baptism. Water baptism is one of those things that churches tend to have different flavors on. Pastor Jim a couple weeks ago talked about how there's this ice cream uh, cone analogy that, that when you have ice cream, that, that sometimes our beliefs as people of faith, as the church, as followers of Jesus, we, we got to get the main ingredients right. But there's sometimes some options that we can put with things. Now, why you'd want anything other than chocolate, I don't understand. But uh, with this... Baptism is one of the things some people believe in infant baptism. Some people don't believe in baptism at all. Some, peop- some, some denomination and, and traditions believe this way and that way in all sorts of different ways. Uh, for us at Lifestream, we believe that baptism is best represented from Scripture through, uh, through baptism as an adult-ish. So if you're older than middle school-ish and you've received Jesus, you've, you've come to a life of faith and you want to be, have water baptism, that's, that's when you would do it. That we'd want to have a conversation with you. We also believe that immersion is probably the best way, but we'll do sprinkling too. That's one of those things that we kind of go, ah, we can do whatever works. There's lots of ways to, to experience that and such. So that's kind of what our tradition is best reflected. Um, we also, just some logistic things, we offer it four times a year, twice in the summer, and once in the fall, and once in the spring around Easter time. And we would love to have that conversation. There's one key thing that we, that we like is we like to have a conversation. I'm going to go back over here. So when we talk about somebody experiencing water baptism, 
we want to talk to you. We want to have a conversation with you one-on-one, one-on-two or three, but about what that means to you. Why are you being baptized? And there's something that I like to, to, to do as an illustration to that. So I've got this wedding ring, right? So 25-ish years ago, I put this wedding ring on when I made a covenant with my wife. And I, and I promised to be her husband. Now, at that time, I put this ring on and, and, and I've worn it ever since, pretty much. Now, if I decided I didn't want to wear a ring, it doesn't change the fact that I'm married. Now, my wife really likes that I wear the ring, <laughs> and it's a really good symbol for me to remember my, my covenant, my promise, but it's not necessary. Water baptism is in this line. It's really good. It's really powerful. It is not the necessary thing for salvation. The, the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, when you receive Jesus, that is necessary. The covenant that I made with my wife, the promise, that is necessary. But the ring is an awesome, powerful symbol that goes back to tradition and such that is very, very amazing. And friends, let me tell you something about water baptism that I've experienced that, that as the guy that stands there and, and dunks somebody in the water that's had that conversation that I get to do that, I, it is the most, one of the most amazing experiences I get to do as a pastor. That, that it's almost like when I do that, there, the line between eternity and here gets blurred in that moment. And it is cool. I cannot describe it. There is something wonderful and powerful about it. That is true. So don't underestimate it, but also don't overvalue it. Don't misunderstand that, that, that there's something there that there's not. So, so there's two key things, that idea of water and spirit baptism. Let me just, um, let me just hit on this, this verse. First of all, it, it says clearly in Scripture that, that, that Jesus tells his disciples before he ascends, he says, John, the ba- John baptized you with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. I want to hit on three things, too, that are kind of just little touch points to make sure we're all on the same page with baptism. First of all, baptism is an outward symbol of the work of grace, the grace of, of forgiveness for our sins when we receive Jesus as our Savior. It's an outward symbol. That's what it is. It's a great symbol, but it's an outward symbol. Second, it's a symbol, symbol of baptism of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is now dwelling within us, that we, we've received that Holy Spirit. And the third is that it's a public declaration of your faith and you're part of the church. That, those are the three main things that baptism is. That when we experience baptism, it is an amazing experience. Now, the, again, the water is not the point. The Holy Spirit is. See, when the Holy Spirit dwells within you, that's when things get really cool. See, the believe stuff helps you get to that place. When you start to believe the truth and then you receive the Holy Spirit, then you start to be transformed both from the inside out and the outside in that your, your habits, your thoughts, your things. Now, it takes both you and the Holy Spirit working together. I do believe that. I really do believe that, that both have to work together in order for that to happen. Now, one of the things that, that happens oftentimes when we talk about baptism is we'll be talking to somebody, and here's something that, that'll happen. Somebody will say, yeah, it's just not the right time. And, and I'll be honest with you. I choke on that just a little bit, because here's the deal. You aren't the one doing the work. <laughs> It isn't about you. <laughs> that if you understand the belief, if you've crossed the line of faith and you've received Jesus, maybe it is the right time. Now, now you can say, now if you say, I don't 
think that, that that's what God's calling me to do right now. I get that a little bit. That one I get a little bit. The timing one, I'll be honest, that one I struggle with because what it's telling me is that you think you've got to get some ducks in a row first. There ain't no ducks <laughs> that you're getting in a row. That that's, that's, that's Jesus' job. That's the Holy Spirit's job. He's already put them in, in line, and you just got to go for it. So I want to encourage you wherever you are that maybe you're in that spot where you've said, ah, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Well, maybe now's the time. What would it take for you to cross that line of faith and take that next step? What does that look like for you? And maybe it does look like you want to have some affirmation. You, want, you know that you've got some doubt or something or something. Maybe, and that's okay. But, but don't make it about you doing something to be good enough to be baptized in water. That's not the way it works. Now, I will say this. Sometimes I have a conversation with people about baptism. And I say, baptism might be a good benchmark. I mean, God's going to do all the work, but maybe, maybe there's a, a reality that you want to say, hey, I'm going to do this as the public declaration of what God's done and all this stuff, but I also know that God's been telling me I need to belong to something. I need to get into my Bible. I need to stop this or start that or whatever it is. And you might use that then as a moment to make a promise to God to say, here's something I'm going to work on because you've already done this work. That, that's, a, that's a cool thing to do. So, these are our first two next steps. What are you waiting for to move your feet towards one of these? Now, some of you in this room, you feel like, ah, I've done the believe thing for decades. I got baptized. I, I'm good. This is a good refresher. Here, here's what this is then. I hope that some of the things we've talked about and other things are tools that you can use to talk to others. So don't just, don't just say, well, I did those, check, check. No, no, no. See, because later on, in a couple weeks, we're going to talk about share. <laughs> and what are you sharing? You're sharing these. You're sharing the believe and the baptism thing. You're having the conversation. Don't, don't, don't say, oh, well, you know, only the pastor can have that baptism talk. Uh-uh. No, not the way it works. You get to two. Now, if you want help, if you need coaching, if you need encouragement, if you need prayer, let one of us know. We're all about that. But these next steps are here to help all of us take steps and help others take steps in their faith journey. That is what the next steps is for. It's a tool to help us as a church grow people closer to Jesus and to answer the only question that matters, who do you say I am? That's why we have these. I'm gonna go over here and I'm gonna pray. And I want you just to, 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 to pray to yourself. Just take a moment and, and spend some time and think about where you are in this. Maybe, maybe God's been, been really chasing after you and it's time for you to just say, yeah, I need to stop messing around. I need to get rid of my list. I need to get rid of my, I'm going to do this first. I need to take a step into believe or baptism. Maybe you're in the room and you know that, that you've taken these steps, but you've done nothing with them for anybody else. And you need to, your heart to be broken for the lost in a whole new way. And that you need to take, be bold and have a conversation about what do people believe and are they ready for baptism? Whatever, wherever you are, I pray that, that you just spend some time praying for that and let the Holy Spirit lead you in your next steps. Father God, I pray for moments like this that are on couches, that are in, that are in cubicles, that are over, over fences and yards, that are, that are over phones, that are, that are on the internet, on social media, that are, that are at cubicles, that are that wherever people may be, where they encounter others, that you would lead us and guide us. 
into these next steps of faith. Next steps that would lead us to the question, who do you say I am? And that people would resoundingly say, you are the Messiah, the Son of God, and I need you. And that they would then be led to transformation. Lord, I pray for revival. And I pray, Lord, that we get to be part of that, that we get to be ambassadors of the King of Kings, and that we get to proclaim who you are to a world that desperately needs you. Lord, we don't, we don't need more, <laughs> more schemes, and we don't need more lists. We need you, and we need your truth that will transform us from the inside out and from the outside in into the children of God we were created to be. In your name, amen.